Welcome to God, Yay or Nay. I'm your host, Noor Kidwai. I'm here to find out how we grow, transform, and become our best selves. How we create meaning in our lives. Come join me on my journey. Hey, welcome to another episode of God, Yay or Nay. This is your host, Noor Kidwai. Thanks for tuning in to another episode. My guest this week is Dave Hudson. Dave's a veteran comedian. Uh, he's living out in Kingston now where he's a stay-at-home dad with his uh, family and three kids. This is a great episode. I hope you guys enjoy it. Please check me out on social media at Noor Kidwai, Instagram and Twitter, Noor Kidwai Comedian on Facebook. And uh, yeah, I'm back in Calgary just for the next few weeks. So September 26th, I'm doing a great show with some great comedians at the Plaza Theater in Kensington in Calgary. So if I do have any Calgary listeners, please go check that out. It's going to be so much fun. But let's get to this week's episode. Everybody, this week, my guest, Dave Hudson. All right, welcome to another episode of God, Yay, or Day. Uh, today I'm here with uh, veteran comedian Dave Hudson. How you doing, Dave? Oh, just peachy, brother. Just, <laughs> just peachy. Just peachy, my bad. <laughs> super, super. <laughs> Things are great. Uh, thanks, for, uh, thanks for coming on the podcast, man. I really mm. appreciate that. Yeah, hey, I like hanging out with you, Noor. It's nice to see you. Yeah, thanks for having me. Oh, no worries. Uh, like, actually, the one reason I thought this would be great, uh, like, you do have, like, a very big uh, background in the church and a lot of perspective on it. So uh, I did want to yeah. kind of get a little bit of a background. So actually, uh, give our uh, audience a little bit about your bio, maybe when it comes to the church, and also a little bit about stand-up so they know kind of who you are a little sure. bit. Sure. Well, as I'm uh, doing stand-up for 25 years. I've been with Yuck Yucks. I've been with Absolute. I've been independent. Um, you know, I've done some, you know, small movie, radio, TV, radio plays, stuff like that. Um, uh, actor, I've done some acting stuff, stage plays and things like that. So I, I always, that's my wheelhouse, all that kind of stuff I love. Big nerd, I'm in the Lego room right now. Um, and uh, I live in Kingston. And um, yeah, that's sort of my my background of who I am um lately i'm stay-at-home dad with my three kids i got three boys so that keeps me pretty busy um the two are teenagers now so it's kind of weird i've been doing this for a long time uh, again my wife has a real job uh you know that pays for things stuff like that that's good fun you know canadian entertainment as you know ooh, it can make dozens of dollars a year in canadian <laughs> entertainment it's truly incredible um so the church stuff um well, I'll start you off. So my grandparents, uh, um, my grandmother was Catholic, but my grandfather was Lutheran on my mother's side. And as you know, the, the Lutherans basically left the Catholic Church. And so that's a group that isn't really, that doesn't really get along, right? And they were married uh, in the 40s. And nobody, like two people came to their wedding. Like, I think it was like my grandmother's mother and like his sister or something because it was that controversial so even like and, the parents and stuff didn't come either. yeah they, nobody approved of this but it was like a community where there was the german lutherans and the irish catholics so it was like what are we gonna marry my cousin like there's nobody else to choose from here it's just two big groups so luckily at their 50th wedding anniversary it was packed right there was like 100 people there because they made it work you know, they didn't let it get in the way, which I always admired and thought was great. Um, the kids were raised Catholic, so my mother and her siblings were raised Catholic. But my grandfather would get up very early Sundays. He would drive into downtown, it was uh, St. Mark's Lutheran, and he would go there uh, by himself, drive back, and then my grandma would take the kids to church. Um, and they, they made it work, which I thought was great, right? It was the idea that, like, you know, it's the equivalent of, like, being Jewish and Muslim getting married now, I suppose, right? It was that yeah. controversial. Which is wild to think. I mean, they're both Christians. Like, it's not, oh, not I, that. I different. hate that. Like, we got yeah, different you denominations. Know, there's a thousand different flavors, right, of, mm -hmm. of Christianity. Um, but, yeah, so that was, I've always, you know, right from the beginning, it was a little bit skewed, you know, where I had idea of, like, because normally when you're raised Catholic, like, that's all you get. I went to Catholic school. You only know Catholics. You, you know, you, so I'm culturally Catholic, right? Um I still do Christmas, even though I'm an atheist. My wife's an atheist. She's a geneticist, you know, or both of our jobs are condemned by the Catholic Church, which is pretty awesome, right? We're both quite proud of that. Um, but at the beginning, when I started, like, when as a Catholic, I thought, all right, well, 
if this is what it is, like if you're telling me that this is what God is and this is how the universe works and this is how it was all done. I was like, well, I'm in, you know, I want to, I want to learn about this. And so I would read and read. They gave us a Bible. I read and read and read a lot of it. Obviously don't make a lot of sense. It's kind of weird and old, but I did the best I could. And I would question all the time to the point where the teachers were like, David, you have to stop asking these questions and you need to just have faith. And I was just like, I'm sorry, but I can't accept that. Like if you are claiming something this extraordinary, and I didn't know at the time, but the idea of extraordinary claims require extraordinary evidence, Mm -hmm. which I, you know, later now I know, and I think it's pretty cool. But at the time I must've had that concept because I was just like, I'm sorry, I I just need more than this. If this is what you're doing. Yeah. Um, it's almost like a little bit of like uh, you want the evidence, but at the same time, you're also like curious, like a kid's curious, like they just want to know, yeah. like, you know, like anytime you're like, oh, why is the sky blue? They'll be like, because of this. Why? Because of this. Why? You know, like that's a yeah. kid, right? Yeah. So, yeah. They want to know. It's the worst thing we lose, I think, mm. is, that, is that curiosity. A lot of people lose that. But, you know, I wanted like I wanted this to be real. So I prayed and I, I prayed a lot and I sort of like let that Jesus into your heart kind of thing. And I, I like, I didn't know what I was doing wrong. Cause I'm like, I don't feel different. I'm not hearing anything. I'm not, you know, I, I just didn't, it never clicked with me. Right. And I, I couldn't, I didn't know why I even became an altar boy. Like I was an altar boy for two, three years. Um, and then the, like was the rest of your family, like uh pretty damn religious or like, were they no, no. into this at all? No, not at all. It was actually my buddy, uh, my my best friend, Dan, he wanted to be an altar boy. So it was kind of like, oh, yeah, I'll do that, too. So a group of us did it. Three of us. Now, luckily, the priest we worked for had just shown up at our church that year. And the church was built by my grandfather, the Lutheran. He built a Catholic church because he was an iron worker. And it was my grandmother's church. So she went there and, you know, deeply Catholic. Right. Um, And so I. Went to be an altar boy. And the priest that we worked for, uh, Father Clement, um, was a wonderful man, like truly wonderful man. He he uh, organized uh, Martha Table in Kingston, which is a charity to feed uh, homeless people and people with without food. Um, he became a Monsignor and he was the kind of man you hope gets into religion. You know, that kind of person who really was a devoted guy, who really did try to act like Jesus, who really did you know, want to help the poor and do those things, right? He was not a hypocrite in any way. And I'm very lucky to have him to be the priest that I work for. Because unfortunately, the priest before us, who I had my first communion with, my wife had her first communion with, um, was accused of pedophilia. Uh, And he, um, uh, I'm convinced he did it. The trial fell apart. Um, Somebody said that the one guy was lying and it all just fell apart. But the story goes he would let them drink in the church and then he would assault them. Uh, you know, he'd sneak off one of them in the bathroom and assault them. Now, the boys afterwards who did it, they were deeply messed up after that. That's why I believe it. The one, um, uh, there was a death due to drunk driving. There was a death from suicide. Uh, all of them. And I'll tell you the one story. When I was an altar boy, we came in and one of the older boys came in who had been with the original priest. And he would come in to do altar services, right? Be an altar boy. But he was like 17 years old. So it was weird because most altar boys are like 10, 11, 12 years old, right? And he would come in and he was an angry guy. Like we were scared of him. He was a bully and we were scared of this guy. And we always like, so we just freeze up when he came in and he was so big, he had to wear the priest's robe to be an altar boy. That's how big this guy was. And he had a sour look on his face when he came in and he, you know, like he just stay out of my way and he put on the things and he would do the whole thing for church. And then he'd take off the robe and he'd leave. And I, we, we couldn't get why he was doing this. But now, I mean, years later, I realized he was probably a victim and he didn't know how to deal with it. And at the time, you couldn't tell anybody, you know, like people wouldn't believe there was still at the time, you know, I mean, this is the 80s, early 80s in a small town. Anything that was even a hint of gayness would have been just the end of you, right? Like nobody wanted to be that like, oh, well, you know, we're leading him. Like, who knows? You know, all the bullshit that that that's nobody's fault but the the person the scumbag who assaults someone you know it's never the victim's fault no matter what and as far as i'm concerned and so um you know i didn't know until years later but 
my sister who was in grades with these guys like she was like for sure you know obviously something happened they were all messed up after this all of them these victims went on to have not great lives you know or, or none at all do you know if they stuck with the church at all um i don't know i don't know they were older than me i'm not sure but i do know that that priest continued to go to church dinners and church functions and i think is still out there now you know uh, living in my city uh so you know uh the church obviously didn't take it seriously uh the courts didn't take it seriously and um um by that point like as a teenager i was like well i'm done with this i don't i don't believe this i tried my best you know nobody could say i tried my best and i'd say to people do you want me to pretend you don't want to just pretend because i don't think oops, sorry because <laughs> i don't think that's what like i think jesus would know if i'm pretending right <laughs> like you really think you're gonna fool god by doing these things so you know like anybody you go on a spiritual journey right you're trying to figure out what you believe and stuff and then i got to the point where i'm like this all just sounds like fairy tale. You know, there's a thousand different versions of Christianity. There's all these different religions, you know, Hindus and Muslim and all this stuff that I was never exposed to as a kid. Um, and you start to realize, like, okay, you're only religious. You're usually the religion your parents are. Oh, that's funny. What a coincidence, eh? And, you know, you're usually, depending on where you're born, that's going to set probably what you are. And all these things that I was like, it seems man-made. It all seems man-made to me and that was sort of my conclusion right so um that was kind of my journey through catholicism um and now i'm, I'm completely an atheist i you know i don't think there's a god at all i i think you look around the planet and go you really think someone designed this is controlling this is looking out for us like i don't think so you know it's, <laughs> but i get why people want it i mean like i get why people want it you don't want to be you know like your loved ones and stuff like i'm i'm very lucky knock wood I, i've got my parents still you know i've got my siblings I, i'm very lucky to not i've lost friends obviously a lot of friends in unfortunate ways and i would love to be able to see those people again uh like our old buddy rodney you know good old rodney i'd love to see him again one day but he's gone man you know like i am just glad i had time with him um, but I can see why people don't want to accept that, right? They don't want to be like, well, I want to see them again, so I'm going to believe it, you know, And because death's a scary thing. And, or the idea, too, that you're, you really, like, the idea of living in this kind of cold void where anything can happen to you at any time is not uh, good for the mental health for people. And so I get why most people on the planet are either religious or they like to say, well, I'm spiritual, which... I don't think it really means anything. It just means you want to kind of have this nice feeling inside, but you don't really want to pin yourself down with any rules or, <laughs> you know, stuff like that. Yeah, yeah. No, that's yeah. Uh, that's interesting. So I was thinking about, like, uh, that you were saying, like, the priest who was, like, accused of this, like, he got <laughs> set off uh, free. Like, do you think, like, the church had anything to do with, like, your actual justice system in your freaking, like, town? Well, no, I just think it I just think it fell apart and it's a hard thing to prove. You know, most rape cases don't end up in convictions because it's all a he said, she said situation or he said, he said or, you know, like it's mm -hmm. so unfortunately, these things don't get prosecuted. I'm sure the church wasn't helpful. You know, it's not like, oh, sure, let's open up our records and do this so much so that in the 30s when I was in my 30s and it was the height of like the new pope had come in. Uh, uh, what was the name? Ratso. What was his name? Ratso there. Pope Ratso the third. Or I remember he came in Benedict there, and he uh, and they just completely like would say, "Oh no, this isn't a thing," and these people are liars and all this on. And I was like, you know what? I don't even want to be on the records of this church anymore. You know this 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 cult that would cover up pedophilia. You know what I mean? Like I'm not. I don't want to be counted as a Catholic anymore. I, I'm not a Catholic, you know, and they just keep people on the list. Like most people who, you know, they, they grow up and uh, maybe they go to church on Easter or Christmas or whatever, and, mm -hmm. but they're not really Catholic. They're just yeah, culturally yeah. Catholic, right? Like I am, you know, I still do Christmas. I love Christmas. I'm a big fan, but not for any religious reasons. It's all very yeah. secular, you know, Santa Claus and stuff like that. I, I love it. I love holidays. Um, but I left the church. I wrote an official letter and said, please take me off your books. Um, I do not want to be counted anymore due to, you know, my reasons. And they were very nice about it. I went to the local diocese and they were like, okay, well, you know, good luck to you. And we understand. And like individuals, like you said, lots of my friends, parents who are lovely people in the church, 
and who I and I didn't have a bad experience in the church. I really didn't. Like I was never abused. I was never treated horribly. I, it was none of those things. So it's not like I'm like I'm super angry at the church for that. I'm just I just saw their hypocrisy and I saw their, you know, they didn't want to do anything for these kids. And I'm like, well, that that says it all to me. I don't want any part of this. You know, I can't. Yeah. And, like, uh, no, the sad thing is, like, uh, a lot of, like, the people who do that abuse, like, it comes through to generations. Like, the people who've been abused, like, grow up to stay in the church and, like, then abuse the next generation kind of thing, yeah. too, right? it Which, does happen. It's yeah. awful. No, yeah, it's, it's, like, awful. it's, like, yeah, that's, like, extremely sad to hear, man. And uh, so now you say you're, like, uh, completely uh, kind of, like, an atheistic kind of... Uh, yeah. Yeah, then, like, uh, yeah, so, like, no kind of spiritual side to you at all? Um, no, not really. Like, I just, you know, the closest to spiritual I get is just, like, you know, enjoying nature or something. You yeah, know, the yeah. idea of sort of that feeling that, that music gives you or that art gives you, you know, or, you know, watching a comedy show that's just, you know, firing on all cylinders in a made Like, that's the closest thing to spiritualist, I think, is is that. Or, like you know stupid thing like kids laughing in the backyard my, yeah, yeah. my youngest playing and like that's the stuff that gives me that feeling yeah, you know that true that. kind of this is the things those those be like seeing a rabbit in my backyard like i'm such a kid like i really am like yay it's the best day ever i saw a bunny you know like <laughs> I, I really am like that i'm really i just love those small little things and i love you know uh that kind of stuff that's my spirituality but i i don't yeah, no organized religion, or even just this sort of airy fairy kind of. Oh, there's something out there, but who knows? I'm like, well, then that means nothing. That just, that just means you want to have something, but you don't want to be committed to it. So. But, <laughs> but so, yeah, that's yeah. Because um, like you were saying, like uh, like you've dealt with like a lot of like hard stuff in the last couple of years. You were telling me like uh, I know even like your mom like uh, she like has been going through cancer treatment and yeah. like you've dealt with like some death and like friends and stuff like yeah. that like uh how, how how have you been dealing with that like um not well <laughs> yeah um do you think like uh is there a way like you would think like dealing with it with like some sort of faith or something would have helped or like uh do you not even think about that now or what no, I mean, it's a good question. Um, and I think a lot of religious people would be like, ah, that's the reason why you're not doing well is because you, you yeah, know, yeah. And like, hate I'm, God. And, and uh, like, I don't uh, I don't think that's the reason either. Like, I remember when no, my no. dad uh, lost, like, my dad lost his mom and his sister in the same year. And I knew, I know, like, him, he's always been kind of religious. But, like, I know it just shook him like and like still like religion didn't help him out in that po point either like no. sometimes you just have to deal with something right and um yeah, people find right. their own ways to kind of deal with it like uh kind of how, how was that like with you you think well um I don't know it's just like I just think I was in a bad position like I, I deal with chronic pain I have chronic migraines and headaches and I've been dealing with that for you know over 15 years about 18 years now I think um, so the problem was I was just over the years, you, you develop kind of depression and anxiety from it because you're constantly in pain and you're always having these attacks and it gets in the way of doing things. Like I wasn't doing shows for quite a few years there, about eight or nine years ago, because I was just getting them constantly uh, and they'd last five days. And so it really put me in a position where, um, when other bad things were happening, I, I had nothing to I had no resiliency, you know what I mean? Like, yeah. I couldn't bounce back the way you could. So, you know, I mean, you find out something horrible news, and you go, oh, God, that sucks, and you're sad for a few days and whatever, but then you kind of, okay, well, you know, like, what am I going to do, right? i got to get back to life, and i got to do these things. But over the past few years, I've had, it's like you hit the mat, and it takes you, you know, it just takes you a minute to get up off the mat. Now nah, it's five minutes to get up, or maybe ten minutes to get up, mm -hmm. and you know, or maybe I'm just going to lie here on the mat for a while and take a quick nap, you know, before I get up again. And then I deal with kids. All three of my kids have ADHD. You know, they have uh, all have unique problems and things, and and so it was. It's just a pile of stuff, right? That just sort of piles up and piles up. Where I was just, I'm just. I don't have a lot of energy. Like I just try to get through the basics, you know, feed my kids, get that stuff done. 
um, where I didn't have anything left to, you know, pick yourself back up again. So um, it's a, it's quite a pickle, Noor. It's quite a pickle. <laughs> hey, buddy, I, um, I can understand. I don't know if that. I answered your question necessarily. Like, you know, uh, probably I could use more medica- meditation in my life, which is something that does have a fact basis. You know, the idea that you do get calmer and you do find this kind of inner peace sort of thing that um, you can call religious, I guess, or spiritual, or it's just a physiological thing of, of quieting yourself down, you know, and that's uh, good for you. Um, so, yeah, it's just been, it was just a lot going on, you know, like uh, suicides and stuff, cancer and things. And your own mother, like this is her fifth cancer. She had all four different types of breast cancer you can get. And then she got leukemia. Um, she's in remission. So that's very good yeah, for my health. It happened right at the start of the pandemic, too. Just as I was coming out of things, I was saying earlier, I, I, I was doing a play for the first time in 10 years. You know, I was sort of getting back. I'm getting back out there. And then it was like pandemic. Stay in your house. Nothing. Everything's canceled. No more stand up. No nothing. Right. Yeah. So that was that was hard um, just because it, I just felt like I got knocked back down to square one again, you know, where it was like all that stuff I had been working on and trying to get over with and trying to deal with. It was like, no, 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 no. <laughs> here's, here's a big thing you got to deal with all at once. Plus your mother, plus all this stuff. Right. Um, so I think that's just it. You know, it's a situational thing where it's like, hopefully, you know, as things go on and my kids get older and, and things calm down more. Um, I'll be better, but right now it just feels like heart of the storm kind of thing, you know. Well, maybe just after that, but no, I can understand that. And like, uh, even with this pandemic, like it kind of sucks. Like, I guess, like, you said you were like joining a play right before the pandemic. Like, uh, do you like is this kind of like your creative outlet, like, especially like comedy and like doing these plays, acting and stuff? Like, uh, is that like has that always helped you, like, kind of mentally as well? Yeah, absolutely. Yeah, like you said, or even just seeing, you know, like I would. If I was in a bad thing, I'd go down and catch a local show. Kingston's full of amazing musicians, right? Like, we've got so many great players. And, and uh, you know, there's lots of places like the Toucan that has that music every Friday night. Every Friday night for free. Come down and see another band, right? And so I'd go down there, and, and it would recharge me. Like, it really would. And then, obviously, doing shows would be helpful. You think, oh, I don't want to do a show tonight. And then you go and have a great time, right? You know, it's a really good show, and it's lots of fun. Um, and I had other gigs too. Like I had all these like weird, small little gigs that would be once in a while, but they paid. So it was a little bit extra money. It was kind of nice to bring in some money. And like I said, it all ended. Right. And those were the things that were sort of keeping me so that I wasn't just a, a cook and a maid and a, and a dad, you know, like, cause that's all you do when you're at home. Right. You're just constantly just being a dad and just trying to be a parent and doing all these things so it was nice to get away and do those things and feel you know like okay this is what i do right this is the thing that i'm really good at is being funny or you know acting and things like that so uh yeah it's been a big loss i think and i think that's the reason why it's been hard too because um all that was taken away and that's what i used right that was my thing to feel better and then i was like no no you get none of that dave sorry pal (laughs) um so yeah it's uh i think it was just hard enough so now things are opening up and but i'm still not super comfortable with going out and into public with this going on you know people morons and they just i can't trust them you know that they're going to do the right thing. People rarely do uh, do the right thing, it seems. So, you know, uh, and even like, it's depressing. You go out and oh, I got to put a mask on, go to the grocery store. Like, you, know, you should be like grateful that you can go buy food. You know, I don't want to be that guy, but it's like, it's, 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 it bumps me out, man. It really does. Like all the new things. I just, it's, it's a, it's a bummer and I got to get over that, you know, but it, like I said, it's been hard to, it's, it's been harder to sort of, get through shit you know mm-hmm. yeah man like i was wondering like uh just like because i'm like a single guy like during this pandemic so like uh I'm, i must have like a completely different opposite experience than you have because like for me it's like almost like a little bit of loneliness and like a little bit of uh like i'm like yeah i want to interact with more people and shit like that like uh 
How, yeah. how does it feel being with like uh, three kids and a wife and stuff like that? Um, well, it's good. I mean, I'm grateful. Like we get along and my wife and I are really good. You know, we've been together since we were teenagers, you know, like we got married in 99. We were together since 91 <clears throat> before that. So we've been together a long time. Luckily, we're good. Like we we're a good team. Um, but, you know. Like I said, like anybody, you know, yeah. the same four people all that. I'm sure they're sick of me, too. You know, oh, the yeah, idea yeah, yeah. you just you want that change. And like I said, we're stand ups. We want to go in front of a crowd. We want to yeah. hear that crowd laugh. We want to hang out with a bunch of guys and girls afterwards and, and just have some fun. And it's like you can't even share a joint now, man. Christ. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, no kidding. Like, that sucks, man. Like, you know. And I was thinking like stupid things. You're like, oh God, there's going to be no more potluck dinners, are there? I love oh. potluck dinners. <laughs> and then it's like, nah, it's too risky and all that stuff. Just yeah. little things like that. Where... But again, I, I, I want to be like the idea of it's got to suck. Like I've got friends like you who are, they're totally on their own, right? They're all by themselves in a house and they're like, I'm going crazy. I wish there was someone I could watch TV with or play a game with or go for a walk with or all those things. So I'm grateful for that. Um, but again, it's, everybody's got their own struggle, right? It's one's not harder than the other. Um, yeah, I don't know. It's just so weird. Everything, everything's super weird, but I will to get back to spiritual stuff. I, th I thought of this, um, I'll, I'll go down and uh, volunteer at a church, which is funny. Um, and to do dinners, like dinners for homeless people. Mm -hmm. And that feels good, you know, because you're doing something right. You're not just complaining. You're like, I'm feeding someone. I'm giving them food and they're going to eat tonight. And that's a small thing for me. And it's a big thing for them, you know? And then at the school, I would go and volunteer. I'm the pizza guy. I would give them pizza every Wednesday, joke around with the kids. Those were the kind of things that made me feel good. You know, they made me feel really good because you're helping, you're doing things. You know, there's lots of kids at my school that would come to school with a, bag of chips, half a bag of chips for lunch, you know, and we have to have food programs to give them the kid. And that sucks in, yeah. in Canada that we have to have food programs. Like we were on even the schools, we had a program where we give kids food to bring home at night. And I'm like this pandemic, I'm like, I've been very worried about those kids. You know, they're stuck at home with sometimes really awful people, you know, and the school is the only time they get to come and see adults who would talk to them and care about them and be interested in them you know and uh I, so i worry about that but it was when you talk about religious and spirituality those are the things that i felt was the closest to that was helping people yeah and getting people giving people little things like making them laugh and joking around with them because i'm not a teacher you know i i'm just i call them all jimmy i call all the kids jimmy when they go hey jimmy how are you i'm not jimmy you're all jimmy to me <laughs> I'm a girl. I don't care. It's gender neutral. Jimmy's for everybody, you know, like, and they like it, right? They have a good time. And I thought if I can bring just a little joy to these, some of these kids who I know are going through profoundly awful stuff that, that you don't even want adults to have to deal with, you know? Um, and doing that, I think is better than any kind of spiritual thing you can do for yourself is go and help somebody. Yeah. And then you, you will feel you will feel better. You definitely will feel better. And that's a part of this thing with the pandemic is that that got all pulled away too, right? Like, yeah. Well, you're not going to school anymore and you're not doing this anymore, you know? Well, I think that's been a big reason why it's been rougher, you know? That's a good point. Um, and like, I think selflessness, like what you're talking about, helping other people, giving to other people, like that kind of stuff is like kind of a core of like any kind of spirituality and should be the core of any kind of religion but like like you said religion gets mixed in with so much other shit and power yeah. and politics and like and then it just transforms yeah, into tree what, and, yeah, yeah it just transforms and, into and, whatever and i don't is. and i want it's funny about selflessness because I, some people think it's not even necessarily selflessness like when i do that i'm getting something out of it yeah no and you know? that's true even if it's just a feeling of satisfaction like mm, look at me i've been feeding people with no food you know like like oh well bravo but the idea is that it 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 doesn't have to be selfless you can be selfish about that you can help people just so you can feel good you know like that's okay it really is okay yeah yeah well actually that's a good point i know uh what yeah. philosopher alan watts would say he i remember he said like his philosophy is like pure selfishness 
but understanding that helping people is some of the best selfish or the most selfish thing you can do because it'll make you feel good. And like, but like, so he said, like, if you understand that truly, that the best way to make you feel is to like actually truly help other people and like care for their well-being, And that'll, that'll be like, one of the most selfish things you can do if you understand that's right. that like uh and it works like uh i i actually yeah. do i do think that's like something that because uh, like uh, even like me like i i kind of consider myself spiritual in a sense like i like meditation has just been such a huge right. part of my life and it's just helped me so much and like uh psychedelics as well have like helped me change my life and like help my mental health so much over the years yeah, that's right? cool yeah yeah, no, yeah i agree with that too i think i think if you can you should do psilocybin at least once a year a hundred percent and like uh you know because it really does i mean this isn't something like just oh sure listen the comedians recommending drugs but like <laughs> It's it's they've done tests and people have had um, this feeling of these good warm feelings for like six months to a year after doing psychedelic. Oh, that's amazing. Um, um, and that's 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 no joke, man. Like that's you know, especially in a drugged up society that we live in, like you know, kids, it, there's pills for everything. So then to go, oh well, but psychedelics are bad. You know, it's like grow up. You know, like oh, 100%. there's people who are, it was like a woman. I read a great story with this woman. Um, she had lost her partner. She was devastated. She was in a position where like she couldn't even talk about it without breaking down completely. Like she couldn't get out of her bed. She was a wreck. And so her therapist is like, well, we can't do anything if we don't talk about this. Right. We can't get to the problems. So he gave her ecstasy. Right. He gave her ecstasy. And she finally felt good. She felt normal and good and happy, and she could talk about it in kind of a dispassionate way, right, where she's a little bit removed from it. And he said, we got more done in two weeks than I would have done in two years trying to get her through this because it gave her um, something to stand on, right, like something to help her get over that initial grief, um, that overwhelming grief, you know. um, Erwin Barker, rest his soul, good old Erwin Barker. Yeah, he's a... Who was the best comedian uh, who uh, died of cancer? He died of cancer, and they did a documentary on him, and it was on CBC. And they said um, he said some of a religion being crushed because he was religious, right? He, he, I believe, his father was a pastor, and he said something about religion being a crutch. And he goes, "Yeah, it is, um, but if you had a broken leg, wouldn't you want a crutch?" <laughs> you know, like, ha, 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 ha. Yeah, that's like, like such an Urban Barker joke. Crutches are useful, right? Crutches are useful. You can, <laughs> they help you when you're, if you have a broken leg, you know, as a, you have a spiritual, like that these things are good for people. So I, I may be an atheist, but I certainly wouldn't begrudge anyone their religion or any of that stuff, you know, like, mm-hmm. I, I don't like it when it starts interfering with lives, you know what I mean, where you know, they kick your gay kid out of the house because it interferes with religion. Well, then you're just scum as far as I'm concerned, you know, if you're going to do that. But if it helps you and it's in a, in a good way and it's for you and it gives you something, then, man, you lean on that crutch. You know what I mean? If that's what you need to get through it, do it. So um, as much as it doesn't work for me, and I, and I think it does do a lot of harm in the world, um, it's not necessarily evil in itself. You know what I mean? Like, it's unfortunate that the Bible and the Quran say some pretty loathsome stuff about, uh, you know, gay people or anybody who doesn't agree with them. Um, if you can find the, the good parts of it and they help you, hey, more power to you, you know? Just don't assume that everybody else has to follow that. Yeah, yeah. Right? I, I That's think... I think like uh, parts of that like religion are kind of turning into that um, a little bit. I don't even know like uh, it is kind of weird. That's why like yeah, that's why like I, I kind of like stick to a more spirituality of just stuff that makes me like uh, brings more mental well-being to myself. Like when when I find that like I do like that. And even like um, I was talking about like how meditation and psychedelics have helped me over the years. Like. One time, uh, one thing when you're on that kind of spiritual journey of like going down like the meditation and that kind of um, that kind of uh, path, like 
you do learn somewhere in there that there is like something about like meditating all the time or just focusing on yourself all the time that has that selfishness to it that's not good and that's where all of a sudden like you turn a turn around and like now you're like go into a more selfless uh, way where you're like okay now i gotta actually like do something that's beneficial for the world beneficial for other people and yeah that's where like um, anybody who kind of goes down that spiritual path like a lot of it's like going inwards and like just kind of being by yourself and like um you kind of almost isolate yourself a lot of people do that who are on that path which uh i sometimes did it when i first started doing it too i kind of isolated myself around from other people and i wasn't a good friend to other people too because i was more focused on myself and i wasn't um really looking out for their problems or understanding their problems kind of thing but it's one of those insights that you eventually learn where it's just like hey like when you just like, let's say if it's just even a friend who's in trouble or having a thing, like, don't be worrying about yourself. Like your friends having sh- uh, trouble, like right. you should be there for them. And then like, you can take that from just your friend all the way to community, all the way up to country, to planet, all of that shit. And that's like, yeah. kind of like a way I think um, we need to kind of like uh, bring that kind of change in the way people think. Um, in society as like a whole and like that's why I'm so for psychedelics like you said I don't know if you heard like mushrooms just got legalized in Canada um, to be used for people who are on their deathbed yeah Um, yeah and it helps so much like think about the kind of anxiety people get on their deathbed and then when like they've shown so much research that you give them mushrooms and like right. it really really helps them like settle the fuck yeah. down and like I get that and I always say to people don't like I said the idea don't ever think you have to ask the government permission to do things <laughs> you know like I'm glad they did that but the idea is I'll be damned if I'm going to tell the government what I can do or not do when it's my own my own life you know. Um, but I get like it's it's it can yeah. be difficult it's to get these things. Like, and stuff. Uh, it's a shame that I think people most, think, oh, I need to get permission first. Like, yeah, you don't. I think you most don't. people, though, like probably in their like seventies right now, like uh, they probably want the permission because they're gonna need their doctor to tell them, be like, hey, no, this is fine, right? They're, yeah, yeah, they're yeah. not gonna. We, be we're like, lucky in comedy; you can always find somebody yeah. <laughs> who can provide whatever you want, right? <laughs> Oh, obscene, obscene entertainment industry, eh? It's full of degenerates. (laughs) No, but it's, 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 you're right. I I like that about the idea that it's, because they do, it do, does kind of destroy the ego. You know, it really removes you from your own bullshit and lets you think about, oh, you know, we're all connected in a way, right? And, but you do have to fix yourself, I think, before you can go out and help other people, right? The idea and that uh, there has to be some of that. But you can't, like you said, 100% be like, me, me, me. You're right. It, it's yeah, got to be. And like I said, the idea of like, even when I was messed up and I was like, oh, I don't want to go to the school today because I feel like crap and I'm, eh, you know, all that kind of I'm angry. And my head hurts. And then I go over there and I'm like, I'm glad I did that. You know what I mean? I'm glad I forced myself to do that. Or I'm glad I was forced, you know, like I have to go there because there's nobody else to do it. Because nobody volunteers at friggin' schools, but um, <laughs> that's it. Parents, go and volunteer at your kid's school once in a while. They need you. <laughs> People think that schools are covered. They're not. They need help every single day, uh, especially now, right? Especially coming up this year. Um, but yeah, yeah, like, uh, yeah, help yourself and help others. That's a, that's, I think that's a good religion, right? Like, be kind to yourself. Because I'll do that. I won't be kind to myself. And I don't know why. You know, depression's an evil thing, right? I'm always a happy guy. I never had depressing issues before uh, chronic pain. Um, And it lies to you. You know, it lies to you. And it tells you things that are are not true, you know, and tries to convince you that you're bad or worthless or all these things. And it's it's a constant kind of fight against it. Um, And going out and helping people is a good way to remind you that, um, you're not bad, <laughs> you know, because mm-hmm. your mind will do that to you. It'll, it'll tell you things that just are not true. And it sucks, right? No, it's uh, it's horrible. Um, and horrible. Yeah, like um, when you get down into like uh, like when you get into like weeks and months of it, and when it's like starts to weigh, weigh, weigh down on you, then you like 
really start believing those things and you start forgetting like the actual like positive stuff about yourself or like your confidence like what gives you confidence what gives you happiness what gives you joy like all those things that were in there naturally that were kind of just a part of your everyday life like you start forgetting about that when like that weight of depression's like on you for a while like and that's like where the real like pain i've had a couple like and like you were saying like you dealt with like suicide in the last couple years with friends and stuff like i had the same thing yeah, like uh, my one of my best friends did the same thing, and like, um, sorry, man, it yeah, sucked. Yeah. Hey, man, like, trust me, I know, and yeah, sorry to you as well. Like, it's just like one of those things where you're just like, what yeah. the fuck, and like, yeah, but yeah, it's scary. Just, it's it yeah, is it's scary. Very scary, scary as shit. Well, especially me. Like I said, it's 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 uh, you know, every single person who killed themselves, I'm sure, was like, oh, don't worry, guys, I would never do that. Don't I never do that until they do. Right. And like you look, especially guys like white men over 40, you know, from 40 to 60, we're the highest risk group for that. Like the absolute highest risk group. And I think that's me, (laughs) you know, so it's scary. It's something you have to be very aware of, I think, because like you said, all it takes is one dark place and dark moment. And like I said, (laughs) It's the lovely stuff we're talking about, but it's important that people know, because especially someone like me, because my public, like when I'm out in people, I, I'm a funny guy. I'm a happy guy. You know, I like I, I'm like that people, you know, I'm a fun guy right now. I'm fun. You're a but, fun guy. but people don't then people think, oh, man, he's you know, he's got it. You know, like he's got it all figured out or whatever and things like that. And they don't see when you have those really bad times and I'm dealing with chronic pain and all these things. And, you know, you you it's okay to ask for help. It's okay to do these things. It's hard. Some like yesterday, my wife came home from work and I said, I'm not dealing with things. Well, like I, I, I'm not, I'm, I'm not dealing with things. Well, I need to make a doctor's appointment and get this looked at, which I've done before in the past. And, um, but you know, it's like, cause all these things are going on, but a lot of people won't do that. And I'm glad I can talk to my wife and she can talk to me and do those things. Um, because it's not normal to live like this. It's not normal to be depressed and all these things. And you you don't have to live like that. That's what a lot of people think, you know, or they deserve it or, you know, they don't, they want to get help or it's just the way it is. Don't think like that. You can't, you can't do that because everybody deserves, you know, you deserve to have a good life and to be fun and, you know, like anything else. Like if you're not, if your brain isn't working right, like if this was your kidney, you wouldn't be like, well, I'll just muscle on through it, whatever. It's just my kidneys, you know, I'll just suck it up, I'll be a man. And I was like, you would never do that. You would never do that. You would never just be like, ah, whatever. And if they said you need to take meds for your kidneys, most people would be like, yeah, I'll do that. So, you know, when it comes to mental health and things like that, too, um, it's 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 a physiological thing. It's part of your body. It's part of a it's weird because mind brain thing is so strange, but. Um, you know, get help if you need it. Don't be afraid to do that. Um, because uh, you'll feel better. You really will, you know, mm-hmm. and I'm at a place now where I've realized, yeah, I did some good things in the past, but now I'm not dealing with things super well. So I'm going to get some help with it, you know? Yeah. Good for you, man. Like nothing wrong yeah. with that. Yeah. And it's good to tell people that, right? Cause again, like I said, we don't, especially when you're a comedian, right? Oh, it's all fun and it's all good and it's all great. But yeah, you want people to know it's like, no, man, we all we're all going through this. Everybody goes through this. Don't feel bad about it. You know, it's shitty times. You're gonna feel bad. I, if you don't feel bad, I'd kind of wonder about you. And I was like, do you know what's going on out here? Like, <laughs> have you met people? Do you know what's going on? Like, so yeah, to help people through it is the best thing you can do. Help yourself, help each other. Yeah. All right, man. Well, let's end on like a bright note then. Uh, yeah, I was. Uh, yeah, like so. You've been in the comedy business twenty five years. Like, uh, oh. I don't know. Wow. Let me know what 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 are you like? Uh, some of your best moments for like twenty five years. You met so many like amazing comics who came out of Canada and like. Uh, yeah, you just like you've seen some of the best well, comics. There's this one guy named Noor. And, uh, hi, hi there. Bit of is. a jerk, but there he's a is. sweetheart. <laughs> <laughs> well, no, I mean, uh, well, one of the high- I met Gene Wilder. That was the best meeting Willy Wonka and the guy from blazing saddles and the producers. And he was married to Gina. Uh, um, oh my God. Gilda Radner, not Gina, Gilda Radner. And like 
I got to meet him and shake his hand. That was incredible. That was incredible. Um, he was filming next door to my friend's place, so we kind of stalked him. <laughs> and I saw him one day and met him. And that was, I had a show that night. I had a great show that night. It was, that was a really cool time. Um, yeah, just all the, you know, like the, the best part about comedy was all the people I met. That's my, the best part is all these people that I met, these funny, cool, interesting people, um, hanging out with them, going to do all these things. That was the best part of comedy. The stage time was like secondary to meeting all of these people, which I'm so grateful. The people that I would have never met. I would never met you. You know what I mean? I would yeah. never met all these people. And the, the love about comedy is all the backgrounds, right? It's from everywhere. Because when I started, it was pretty white, man. It was pretty old school white boy club, you know? Yeah, like, yeah. Ron Jossel was like the only Asian comic in the whole country at that point when I started out. Mm-hmm. Like, that's crazy. You're like, what? Is that possible? And there was hardly any, you know, I mean, it was like when Joanna was doing uh, shows at Spirits, Joanna Downey, um, she, uh, that was the first place where like, you know, a gay comics could get up and tell jokes and it not be like, I mean, you weren't going to Mississauga, you know, on the Saturday late show and a gay comic gets up to do stuff. It just, that didn't happen. Yeah. Never, you know, and like people would have walked out. It was that bad, right? But there was finally this safe space. It was so it's cool to be a part of that where you were getting different voices and you were getting different people coming in. And then they were actually getting into clubs and doing things. And so now it's a lot more regular to have a real variety and not just, you know. Yeah, that was a spirit. White like for people, Yeah, for people who don't know, that's like on Young Street in Toronto. Uh, amazing club. That's yeah. like it doesn't go anymore, but like it was uh, going for probably... I don't know, like a good 20, 30 20, years almost. Yeah, right? 20 years. Yeah. And what was really cool about it is like it was the meeting place because no matter what club you were with, you could go down there and you'd have, you get on stage with a 20 year veteran and someone who's doing it for the first time ever. Like, so it was a really cool place. And that was kind of the funeral place. Like, if a comic died, we'd all go there, right? It was that was just because it was neutral ground, you know? It wasn't. Anybody could come from anywhere, and that's what I really liked about it. Yeah, it had, I'm, I'm kind of like, it, I'm wondering, like, it doesn't feel like there is that kind of spot right now, like, unfortunately. No, I don't. I don't think you'll ever get that again in yeah. the same kind of way than Toronto. Like, I mean, it's specifically for Toronto. Um, but, like, the night Rob Williams came down, you know? Like, Rob Williams came down. He was with uh, Mike Wilmot and Louis Black. And uh, Lewis Black and, and Robin Williams were play, were doing a movie in Toronto. And Mike Wilmot, who was good buddies with, with Lewis Black, because they're basically the same guy. Yeah, no um, he, The funniest story was Mike was, he when he came back from England, he was like, oh, guys, I met this great guy. His name's Lewis. He's so funny. Oh, good. And we're like, Lewis Black? He's like, yeah, Lewis Black. And we're like, dude, he's been on The Daily Show for like five years. <laughs> oh, what, really? <laughs> he had no idea. He had no idea Lewis Black was famous. He just thought he was another comic that nobody knew, like the rest of us, right? And so we laughed. But then when he when he obviously he knew. And so uh, Lewis Black and Robin Williams came down and did time. And Joanna cut off Robin Williams because he went over his time. She's oh. like, okay, people signed up, Robin. Time to get off. <laughs> we got off. There's a picture of Joanna and Robin, and they're both howling with laughter. And he loved it, right? He loved it. And I guess he was, you know, pictures and whatever. Because he's Rob Williams. Everybody said he's a sweet guy. He really was. I was not there that night. Oh, my God. I'm so, I wished I was there. But the pictures and what everybody told me, it was pretty incredible. It was that kind of place. You know what I mean? It was just, couldn't replicate that kind of a thing anymore. Um, but, yeah, it was a cool time to, it was a too cool time coming up sort of in the late 90s. Because um, things were changing, I think, for the better, right? Like that. You know, people were doing different things and, and there was more voices in the comedy. And I just met cool, crazy, weird people. It was great. Yeah. Lifelong friendships, you know? Hey, well, like, I, yeah, you got to admit, like, I I like it, like, how now, like, it's, like, a lot easier from any any kind of, like, identity or person to kind of get up there and do comedy. Um, even, like, me coming from Alberta, like, I know it was, like, kind of hard for me uh, when uh, I first started, like, but, like, it wasn't too bad. Like, I think, like, honestly, having Russell Peters become, like, a, just a household name helped me yeah. out a lot. Just because, like, now when I went and did a show, people were like, oh, yeah, yeah. Like, uh, 
uh, like, you know, like, I definitely got compared to a Russell Peters, which, like, kind of sucked in the sense that everyone yeah. was expecting an accent to come out of me. But, like, um, right, at the yeah. same time, it was, like, also, like, amazing that, like, uh, I got up on stage and people were, like, kind of like, okay, let's see what's up. Like, I, like right. I, was allowed to, I was allowed to be a comic, right? And uh, Yeah, not just, yeah, not just, oh, look, it's going to be, you yeah, know, and, all, all jokes like, about being Indian or, yeah, or you know. Or, so, yeah, yeah that kind of thing was uh yeah it was kind of nice so it was kind of cool like the the generation before us like the work that they did put in and like uh in the different places that definitely to normalize yeah and like how the culture has changed that you can have like people going to like uh, all the different small towns and stuff and like it's not being nearly as bad as it has been um back in the day even though like it's still like yeah, it's still not perfect or anything, but... No, I mean, I, it never I, will. It's yeah, really, like, yeah. small town, like, that's small towns for you, right? Um, but, uh, yeah, man, like, uh, it's definitely, uh, I, I hope we can get, like, uh, more places, especially in Toronto and stuff, where it's, like, a neutral ground where people can hang out, because, like, the one thing I, that does annoy me with the comedy scene right now, it seems like everyone's kind of gone into different cliques and stuff and like yeah. uh they don't interact with each other and stuff like that so like that is one thing i uh definitely uh do uh want to see a change in but uh yeah, yeah. Uh, man we're kind of close to the end of our time here so like i don't know anything you want to kind of talk no. about or say or promote or anything well, no i just uh i don't know take care of each other um and uh um i'm gonna be doing some sketch work and stuff with ryan denise a local Kingston comic, killer, absolute killer. Um, and we've been working on some stuff with some other people around here, and we're going to be putting some sketches out and stuff, so I'll, I'll let you know when I'm doing that. I'm excited to be doing something again. Uh, so, uh, yeah, we're doing that kind of stuff, and uh, hopefully we'll have some stuff out the next few weeks. So, um, yeah, it's something to looking forward to. It's All been right. good. Ah, thanks a lot for coming on, Dave. Yeah, you're welcome. Nice to see you, bud. All right, that was this week's episode. Thanks for tuning in, everybody. I appreciate it. Please subscribe to the podcast. Give it a good rating. It really does help. And also check me out on social media. On Instagram and Twitter, it's at NewerKidY. On Facebook, it's NewerKidY Comedian. I'm constantly putting updates about the podcast when new ones come out. I put up podcast clips. And, uh, yeah, I also put up comedy stuff, comedy dates, comedy clips and different stuff like that so uh, you can come check out have a laugh and get keep up to date on the podcast until next time this is another episode of god yay or nay